right. Back in the studio, got Johnny Blue here, Pastor John Blue. Um, the name of your church? Pacific Point Church. Coast Pacific Point Church. Yeah. Where? Co- Costa Mesa, California. In Costa Mesa. Yeah. So all of our OC folks. Come on and join us. Come and check it out. Sunday mornings. Yeah, because uh, that's where, where uh, you do... Uh, the kind of church. I, having been, having, I, I went to one of your church services. This was years ago. Oh, and, bad. and no, it was amazing because <laughs> I just, I remember just because I, I am, I'm more about the people yeah. that are around me, right? Yeah. I'm always paying attention to that. There was something different about the kind of people yeah. that were there. They were real. Yeah. Right. You go to a lot of churches and I get to go to a lot of churches yeah. and when I, go and I, I speak there or, or I'm there for some event, whatever. Yeah. And and you go to some of these churches and, and some of these guys are they're 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 talking. They're 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 saying certain things. Zach just told me to take my hat off. I take my hat off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll work, you, Zach. <laughs> Jeez, we had a flow. He's laughing at me. Yeah. Um, so. You you get in some of these churches and they and and you can tell that the kind of people that that's not who I'm going to be dealing with if in four hours from now yeah <laughs> you know yeah they're hey, checking in yep well I got around your folks I was like these are these are these are real deal people this is this is this is how it is and I was like man if I was in Orange County this is where I'd oh, be man. so that's well my my wife says I have the gift of uh, thinning the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, you know, we're not a big church. We're eighty to one hundred twenty people, but but there there's a there's a really a, a thought process behind that. I, I don't want two three hundred people that that don't care. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have seventy people that are, that are, are ready to fight, that are ready to be mobilized, yeah. that are ready to that are living what we're talking about, not just you know showing up, checking in twice a month, and just so they feel good about themselves. You know what we should do? Um, we should do this. What's that? At your church. Oh, that not, would be fun. Not not really not not, oh, not podcast, second. but let's yeah. go there and let's just have Dude. this have this conversation. Love it. With with in front of your in front of your folks and just get and and, and get after it. Just love it. let them I mean, oh. would they would they would they dig oh, that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That would be that, that would be fun. All let's right. let's uh fine, fine. let's <laughs> let's do that. So where we left off, I was asking you about Smack talking. Uh, yes. So when people when people are gonna when they are going to, uh, I mean, huh. there's there's this, there's there's going to be the exchange you're gonna have with the audience. Yeah. But then there's a different dynamic that happens on the ice, Absolutely. right? And this is a very common thing. Just and this is a dynamic that people often miss that about adversity. There is what the the what the fighter is experiencing. Yeah, and then what the people watching are perceiving. Right, it's right, often right. two different things. MMA fighters. I can't tell you how many MMA fighters that uh, that I know, or, or coaches. Like one of my one of the guys that I just I love training with him. His name is Ricky Lundell. He's actually yeah. going to be on this next. Nice. I think I have him next. But listening to him talk about the exchange between a coach and his fighter. Hmm. Um, especially when you're in when you're in the cage, yeah, and that and sometimes it's televised, sometimes it's not. He goes, but the camera never picks up what's really going yeah. on. Interesting. And and but then then there's another. So that's a pretty intimate dynamic. Now the cage door closes, the guys leave, door shuts, it gets locked, and it's you and that dude. And there's a ref in there, yeah. 
but there is there is a conversation yeah. happening between the guys. Sometimes it's verbal. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's body language. Sometimes it's a look. Sometimes it's when you guys on your when you're on your back and you're looking up at that dude yeah. and, the, and the look he, he gives you. And the, yeah, it lets you know kind of like, well, hey, this is this is what's about to happen. This yeah. is this is this is real. This is you know, and your reaction, the look you get back. If you're the guy on top and you're giving the look, or you say something, or you do yeah. whatever, the response you get back from that guy is often going to let you know, let the two guys in the cage know who's going to win that fight. Yeah. They know the outcome before the outcome is ever, is, is, is ever like the uh, arm is raised oftentimes. Right. 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 There's a few exceptions a to one. that. There's a few exceptions yeah. to that. I'm sure yeah. where guys get, get a look and they're just like, Mm-mm, yeah, Nope. Ain't happening. Nope. <laughs> F and you, I am going, this is, you haven't even, I haven't even begun to fight. Right. This yeah. is about to, this is about to get crazy. So my question to you is on the ice. Yeah. Right. The conversation between, between the the players, and I'm not talking like the verbal conversation, the tensions, the, yeah. the stuff that happens. Like, what are some really interesting things that you, that stand out in your mind when you, when you think about the adversity that happens on the ice, the conflicts? Yeah. It, it, it there's, there's different dynamics to it. It's, it's really interesting. So if it, cause there's a pecking order in there too. So uh, what do I mean by like, like I was a, a incredibly average backup goaltender. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I, uh, I think, I, I think a lot of people would argue with that. Yeah. No. So, so I did not have the latitude to talk the way I like to talk, which I love trash talk. I, I love trash. Now in the leagues that I play in, People just hate me. They just absolutely hate me. And they wonder how I could be a pastor. They wonder how I could be a man of God. They wonder how, what, what, what. It's interesting. I go out and play and I can't do it at 50%. And these, I, I get serious. Like I get serious about the win. I get serious about the score. I get serious about everything. And these guys get freaked out. And they're like, why do you care so much? I'm like, why don't you care so much? Mm. You know, there's a level of that when you, when you function at a certain level, it's hard to, function at a you know a two or three when you've tried to function at nine or ten i'm sidebar there but yeah um oh no i'm tracking i get it so as far as trash talking i would love to trash talk the problem was if when you're not that good i was good but i wasn't you know there's not a lot of latitude to to trash talk because it'll bite you in the ass excuse me Um, so I, I would walk a little more on, on pins and needles personally, and just kind of, I'd, I'd watch the play develop. I wouldn't say a whole lot. I had no problem slashing or hitting guys in the nuts from they're standing in front of the net and chopping them and everything. But I didn't talk a lot. Guys would talk to me and what they would invariably, what they'd say is you're awful, you know, or they'd skate by the net and go, what are you doing here? Why, how are you in this league? You know, things like that. It's all a big mind game. They just yeah. they want to get you off their game. Whether they met or not, well, they probably did. I don't know. But it's yeah. get in his head and let him think. And, it, and the way you address that as a goalie. Now, goalie is a game within the game. You're playing, yeah. you know, a, a whole mind game outside of what they're playing. Because if you look at a, a, a hockey rink and, and and someone scores, does anybody go, oh, man, that that forward really missed picking up that that back checker and, and who made the pass to get the score? Yeah. No one's going, oh, the forward really screwed that up. They're going, Who the f- this goalie is horseshit. That's what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what they see. So there's a game within the game mentally that that you're playing and, and stability and you're seeing everything happen and the puck's flying at 100 miles an hour and guys are skating at 25 miles an hour and 
passes are coming here and here and all over the stuff. So my game couldn't be trash talk because I had to focus. I just couldn't have. Now there there's there's great play. Patrick Waugh, one of the greatest, arguably the greatest goalie of all time, but Patrick would, would, you know, guys would come in and he'd make a great save and 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 there's just he'd just wink at them, or or you would just you know in French just just undress them, you know. Um, but there's always that that going on. Now again, leadership styles. You look at a guy like Ray Bork, uh, who was a Hall of Famer, was our captain, and never said a word. But but he was that guy that if he's you know you're talking about fighting, he's on top and he just looks you in the eye and you're like I'm done, <laughs> you know mm. you just you just see it in his eyes and you just knew and there's just a steady so it's you're reading the room you know you got a guy Matthew Matthew Barnaby who who had played with in Buffalo who just uh, he couldn't stop but talk mm. but he backed it up he was a small guy but he'd fly around and he'd throw his body effortlessly into any situation didn't matter what it was he would fight the heavyweights he'd fight the guy that weren't weren't heavyweights. He'd fight anybody that needed to fight so he could continually back up what he was saying. And people hated him. He would stir things up. He's the guy that you want on your team, you don't want to play against. Mm. So there's there's all these dynamics that are, are constantly happening in, in the game that are the game's beneath the games that you're seeing not to mention the coaches that the, the you know the mind games that they like to to play with you yeah. and you know and speak and and go through and you know it's it then you take the dynamic of of media and what they're saying and it's just like you know all these layers when you're going into game you've got to focus and go okay that's got to go that's got to go don't listen to him don't do that just focus mm. so it's it's an interesting dynamic how about the dynamic in and amongst the team like there's i imagine just like anywhere i mean it's like in the military it's like you got a team you guys are gonna get out you're gonna oh, yeah. go and do you go do god's work and go do it well yeah but on the way back you're gonna there you're gonna you're sitting down at chow and you're oh yeah. you know there's yeah. something to be like so uh you know it's <laughs> that going yeah yeah what there's the, there's gonna be a little bit thinking? of chatter going absolutely. on absolutely guys smack talking each other behind oh, yeah. their back or in in front of their face or whatever it's just a oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's it happens yeah that that's but, you know, in that that's that's called being a man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and and we've got all these these again, let's go back to, you know, the culture we're in. They want they want to oh, you can't talk that way to one another. Oh, you can't you can't have sarcasm. Oh, you can't don't speak that. Oh, you're gonna hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. How do you become a man? It's it's when my buddy looks me in the eyes and go, How the hell did you let that goal in? And then laughs and you go, Okay, let me think about it. How am I gonna respond? What am I gonna do the next time? It it builds up who you are. There's always truth in those little cutting comments that you make. You're out with your your boys, yours is a little more life and death, and they make something and they make a comment to you. You don't just go, ah, oh, that's great, let's move on. No, you go think you 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 may bust balls in the moment and laugh and do they, but knowing you as a critical thinker, and I know that I, that I was. I'd go, okay, let me think, where's the truth in that? How do I just? Mm-hmm. See, see, that's the way God created us as men, to sit in a locker room and go, you're horseshit. No, you're horseshit. No, you're this. No, you're that. And then we regroup and we get thick skin and we fight through and we learn how to be men by having this interchange yeah. and this interaction so that when we go in the world and when it really counts mm-hmm. in the world and someone's attacking you or your family or your wife, you go, no, this isn't going to happen. I'm yep. going to take a stand here. Yeah. When when truth is being manipulated, when someone tells you that a boy can be a boy or can be a girl, then it, and 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 you're not willing to go, no, 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 that's not how it is. There are men and there are women. There are boys and there are girls. Now let's just settle that. You want to go do whatever you want. That's fine. 
go do what you want to do. You want to go transition? Fine. I'm all, you, mm-hmm. That's your life. Mm-hmm. But don't sit here and demand that I say a lie and say that you're not what you are. My point to that, again, is when you have those interactions in these men times, whether with the teams or whether it's a hockey team, that's where you learn how to stand for truth, for yeah. what is right. In those hockey, you know, locker rooms is where you find the guy who's the weakest that someone may be, you know, being a complete asshole picking on you go, no, 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 I'll take a stand for him. What are you doing? And I've seen locker rooms where guys just full out brawl, where there's full on fights. Yeah. And I won one championship in my life. It's crazy. My buddies always bust my chops. I've played in the Final Four. I've played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I've played in the Olympics. I've played in the World Champs. I have never won anything. But in the minors and AAA, we won a championship. And it's a long run. It's a grind, you know. And and you just get tense with one another. And I just I remember, you know, we're we're round three or four, and and uh, one of the guys comes down and just takes a slap shot and hits me in the head in practice, and I just I lose my mind and I chase him down the rink and I chuck my stick at him, I tackle him, and you know, and the rest of the guys are just laughing. They think it's the greatest thing ever, yeah. You know, but I'm I'm losing it, you know, and the coach just watched. You know, knowing full well that that if if you're with a group of men for a long period of time, you're going to see this interaction. It's not bad. It's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's how you deal with it. Yeah, that that is is critical for a man. Yeah. So to try to take that out, and and that that interaction, that 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 trash talk, it's a part of who yeah. we are. My uh my my business partner and I, Brian, he's one of my favorite people on this planet, and we have. We have just over a decade of doing various business stuff together, and yeah. and some of them work really well. Some of them don't. Some of them struggle for a while, then yeah. do. I mean, it's just all those ups and downs. And and through that, you're not always going to see eye to eye. No. We actually have got to the point where we will schedule arguments yeah. and fights. It's good. It's and so good. and I say, hey, come, so come, come on out. Um, we'll, we'll get on the quad we're going to, we'll run down to the cul-de-sac, which is like, we call it the cul-de-sac. It's just like a, it's a, it's a tree. It's a open, small open field that's surrounded by trees. Just not on the, on the West end of the drop zone. And we will sit down and, or we'll stand like 10 feet apart from each other. And, and I'll, I'll tell him you can, you can go first. Yeah. Got five minutes. Yeah. And he's like, got it. He stands on his line and lets it rip. Oh, I love it. Five minutes of of him stating his his case, his side yeah. of the argument. Right now, it's my turn. Right yeah. now, I state my side of it, but you, and you can't interrupt. You have to hear it Listen. all the way through. Yeah. At the end of that, we switch. So we both argue for one another. Yes. Now uh, I have to argue his point. He has to good. argue my point. Yeah. And through that, I have. Jeez. Often, I'd say seventy percent of that I came out on the on the other side of those kinds of discussions, saying, <laughs> "Huh, I get it now. I completely understand." Yeah. But the reason we can do that one is that I can trust him with a disagreement. Yeah. Because we're both men and we understand how we're wired. We're both wired to win. And is it is in and everybody's heard that phrase? Would you rather be right? Or would you rather be married? Would yeah. you rather be right? Or would you rather have that relationship, that friendship? Would you rather yeah. be right? Or would you rather be employed? Yeah. You know, there's a bunch yeah. of those, right? Yep. And so yep. it's like, and I always tell him, like, I would, I cherish our friendship above yeah. any business dealings that we do together. 
It's good. And I will trade those any day for you. Yeah. And I mean it. I am not going to give that up. And and Brian and I were talking about this a while ago. And he, and he, and he just said, "How many how many different uh, how many businesses do you think have guys like that at the helm yeah. that would treat each other like that? Like when we go at it, we 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 go at it. Like it's it's uh, people would look at it and, and say, well, I can't believe you just said that to each other. That's unfair.' Here here's what I love about this. Okay, so men have to have to have this. They have to have the the. I'll tell you, you tell me. But the balance of that is this thing called empathy. Yes. See, we've lost the art of empathy. See, we can't have the engagement in the locker room, the the fighting, the the, mm. the the sarcasm, unless you're willing to step into the empathy. About uh, it's about ten years ago, I was listening to Jim Rome and his 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 show. He does, you know, he's got yeah. Rome is burning. Or, well, I don't know, whatever it is, and uh, he was talking about a basketball player that had made 110 million dollars and lost everything. Um, Played for Philadelphia, one of the great guards. Gosh, what's his name? I just went blank. Anyways, he was talking about it, and uh, and 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 this guy calls in, and this guy goes, "I can't believe that guy lost all that my 110, and he's got his posse, and he's got this, and he's that that guy." And Jim Rohn goes, "Ho ho, hold on a second, I'll never forget." He says, "Hold on." He said, "Do you live in Orange County?" And the guy's like, uh, "Yeah." How do you? He's like, "Are it's no lie." Are you, are you driving a BMW? And the guy's like, yeah. How do you know that? He's like, uh, do you have parents that are married? And he just starts breaking them down. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, who the hell are you to judge this man who is a black man whose father was murdered in the city, who lives in the city, who never knew how to deal with money, never had a mentor, never had anyone to show him how to be a man. Mm. And and he, all of a sudden at 18, he's playing this man's game, getting unbelievable, ungodly amounts of money. And, and then you have an expectation for him to do what he should do with it. Who the hell are you to judge him? Nice. And and that's where what man, would that other guy said. Oh, but he just vapor locked. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. in Rome. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know. Yeah, he doesn't pull bury some yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. But the point is this: men, don't give me the fight unless you're willing to have the empathy. You know, yep. it's the the marriage of those two because you step in the shoes of another man and things like you said with your business partner. All of a sudden, you step in his shoes. You're thinking the way he thinks, and you're saying what he says. And you're going, holy shit, maybe I missed it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit. Maybe I don't know everything. I think yeah. I know everything. I'd like to know yeah. everything, but I don't know everything. And empathy yeah. is this lost art. I'm trying to teach my boys. Trying to teach men. It's this tension that you walk in, and yeah. if you can walk in this tension of empathy and fight, you, you, you're going to do a lot of great yeah. Things. That's that's ultimate warrior stuff. Yeah, and with and empathy doesn't really develop in a man until he's. Usually past twenty years old. Yeah, it's and experience. So it's experience. It's just, you have yes. to have. You have to have some. And and it's and there's brain development that goes Absolutely. with empathy, right? Absolutely. And so if you start teaching them empathy ways early, yeah, they like just step into that guy's shoes for a minute. Hey, understand what my, yeah. when when my oldest when he was about seven or eight years old he could not understand why people are standing on the street corner holding a sign that says you know yeah. well um for food or, for, food, yeah, food or yeah. anything helps or god bless yeah. or um <laughs> i just need a sandwich or whatever yeah and he said i don't understand why why they're there 
And so what happened and, and trying to explain to him that, that there is a decision-making process that all of us go through, that you are going to be at some point a product of your decisions. Right. But at the same time, many of these guys that are here, man, some, some of it, they may have brokenness so far and so deep in their family, yeah. no way out and nobody to say, hey, let me get in it with you and demonstrate a standard yeah. that what they're going to do is they're going to turn to what they know. And that may be alcohol. It may yeah. be drugs. You do that stuff long enough. Now you're going to end up with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, this is the life that you're leading. Yeah. And I was explaining this to him and he said, so do they need help? I said, hundred percent, they need help. So we had a daddy date plan that night. He and I were going to go to a movie or something. Yeah. And so he gets in, uh, we go out, we get in the car. I say, okay, yeah. where are we going? What do you want to do? And he goes, I want to go to, I want to go to the store. Yeah. We went to the store and we got, um, I think we got like, like, yeah, he, he went and picked out like 20 sandwiches out of like the deli thing. <laughs> yeah. He goes, get a case of water, get a case of water. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you'll see dad go through. And I had an idea where this yeah. was going. We yeah. went through the checkout and, and, uh, he goes, take me to the worst part of town in San Diego where these guys are going to be. This is, this is Micah. Yeah. And uh, take him downtown. It, so I took him right to the right to the heart of where all these guys are. <laughs> yeah. And we're driving, we're driving around, and 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 here's me, you know, like I'm like a little bit out of place, you know, and yeah. I'm like a, it's like okay, I just and he he has a sandwich and some water, and he and he goes, hey, stop it right here, and he and uh, I crack the window just far enough to be able to squeeze the sandwich and the water out, and Micah's just like, Dad. And he takes it, he unlocks his door, opens the door, walks out, and he goes, hey, have you, and he goes up to this guy, and he goes, have you eaten dinner yet? And the guy was like, no, sir. And he was calling the seven-year-old, sir. Wow. And he goes, oh, here you go. And the guy was like, oh, thanks. And he, and he goes to give him a hug, and the guy looks at me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, yeah. I just kind of give him a, you're, yeah. you're, you're good. Up. The fact that he checked with me, That's... I was like, this yeah. dude, he's not as far out there as people think he is. Yeah. And so Micah's, and then Micah just took creative, uh, just took license with it and just started grabbing waters. And I'm trying to keep up with him. I'm in the car following around and he's like putting them in people's, like they have their little tent set up and he's, and he, when he was walking back, so I stopped, I let him get about 30 yards away, which, which to me was like, that was right at the line of what that line was. And, and he gave all the stuff out. And he turns around and he's walking back and all these homeless Mm. people kind of start coming out of their shelters and stuff. And he's walking back and the way they were treating him and he got back in the car and I, uh, we had the empathy talk Mm. and I said, Hey, what you just experienced was the first time that, that you have probably come head to head with an empathetic situation where you responded and you responded right. Yeah. I said, but, but let's, but as you grow older, the empathy stuff that's going to happen is going to happen more subtle and it's going to happen inside of conversations and it's going to happen in and amongst your friends. And it's going to happen with your mom. It's going to happen with me. It's going to happen with your brother and your sister. And and those aren't so obvious. Yeah. Those are the little ones and they're going to happen in the middle of controversy. It's going to happen in the middle of an argument. And how are you going to respond then? It's good. And he, and and he, and he said, well, I don't know. I guess I'll have to see because I don't know what you're talking about. You know, (laughs) like he responded like, here's me talking to him. Like, he's like a, like, 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 he's Zach, you know, and he's his, it's not he's like, like I would expect, you know, yeah. Zach's like, yeah, cool. Check. Yeah. Got it. You know, a seven year old is going to be like, uh, what? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> but you know, you're so right though. Empathy yeah. and the fight 
have to go have to go hand in hand. And and there are times too where it's just it's 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 all fight. We have crossed the Rubicon, dude. There is no empathy. Yeah. You don't get yep. you don't get you don't get quarter. You know yeah. you're getting full. I'm in full burn down mode on you, and that's that's going to happen. And I would suspect that somebody is uh, going to break into your house and and uh, with bad intentions. Yeah, you're probably they're not, uh, probably not going to fare so well. Absolutely. You know, well, it, it, this is the crux of of Christianity and yep. Jesus for me. Because the Jesus that I I read in the Bible, the Jesus that I see was was the top, the strongest man. See, strength is is you know uh, is is great men or uh, have the ability to control their strength. And if God was fully man, fully God, fully man, Jesus, uh, like if I'm Jesus, I'm wiping people out, just like zap, you're done. <laughs> But it just—I'm on the cross. People start questioning me and mocking me. Done, done, done. Lightning's <laughs> flowing. Absolutely, you. So, but this this Jesus was so strong and and controlled that it it, it blows my mind mm. that he would look in the eyes of the Pharisees that were just self righteous, just religious people, mm. and then he'd look in the eyes of the drunkard and the uh, the prostitute, and and he he could see truth. Mm. And he'd speak to that truth and the empathy that he'd bring. He had no patience for for the the religious people, self righteous religious people mm-hmm. that think they have it all. But the the men and the women who didn't have it all together, but but were hurting, he he would step into, and that's why mm. I, I, you know you asked earlier about how do you go into this? It's like I encountered this Jesus that was just mind blowing to yeah. me. Tell me about that. Tell me about your uh, your your testimony, like how that happened. Yeah, I, I you know I grew up in the church and and always coming and going. But at seventeen, I left home and that that just started the journey. I was never crazy, but pretty much on my own at seventeen, <clears throat> saying that I was a Christian and and trying to live as a as a Christian and completely all over the map. You know, I was saying I was a Christian and to try to you know I'd go drink by myself or I'd go you know sneak girls in and out and stuff and then. It, when I got to the NHL, I was playing. I met a guy named that we both know, Greg Ball, who just started. You know, I started meeting with and talking about God. And one day he came to me. and He said, "Look, here's the deal. If you want to live the life you're living, go ahead and live it, but stop telling people you're Christian because you're giving us a bad name." Yeah. My my initial thought was, you know, f you. I'm playing in the NHL in in Boston, and who, who do you think you are? And then it it started to sit inside my soul, you know that that what we talked about. You, you critically, you think, what what did that mean? What was he saying? What does that look like? And then I realized that that I was exactly who he said I was—a hypocrite in every aspect of the word. I had my little verse on the back of my mask, and you know, made me feel good and rub the genie in the bottle, and you know, get what you want. But but I didn't have a relationship. And, and at that moment, he says, "If you want to know what it means to 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 follow Jesus," he said, "Give me a call." Changed my life, changed mm. my life. I had this encounter with 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 God. I had this encounter with with the Creator of heaven and earth. And what I I started to realize was purpose. Why I was here. Why He created me. What I was doing. I started to realize this thing wasn't about me. It's about others. I started to realize that that <clears throat> all the money, all the sex, all the fame, all the for it it's it's doesn't do anything. Yeah, there has to be more. At one moment, I remember sitting in the Boston Garden again, and I just got my first paycheck. And this is 90, I don't know, 91, 92. And it was like 15000 after taxes for two weeks. You know, I wasn't making a ton, but in those days, it's pretty good for a 25-year-old yeah. kid. But I remember looking at it and, and going, 
God, there's got to be more. This can't be it. Because the reality is I got to do this again tomorrow. And if I don't do it again tomorrow, this doesn't come. It's all attached. And 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 I had this just just this revelation. It's like there's got to be more. And 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 I encountered more, and that more was was Jesus. Mm. And it just it changed my life. Greg Ball is I have heard from so many people about those conversations <laughs> that he has had that he's had with 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 guys, you know. Man, that speaks truth. Yeah, yeah. Just just talking with some of the boys from back in the champions days, Force Ministries yeah. days. Yeah. And going to those conferences and and uh and <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. It's I mean, it's uh yeah, he was a he was a he was a get up and get in your face type of fella, man. Yeah. Um so that's awesome. So it, so you so that was towards the end of your NHL yeah. career. Career. The career, and then and then um, after that, then it was it's you you made the decision after NHL to walk me through like the transition from NHL yeah. into normal into normal life where it was now it's trying to figure out uh, what you're going to do next or yeah. 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 That's always, you know, again, identity and, and a little tricky, tricky thing. I, I, my, my career was coming in. I'd played in Boston and then, uh, or excuse me, I'd, I'd finished in Buffalo and I basically backed up Dominic Hasek, who was the greatest goalie of all time, just a freak, unbelievable player. And, uh, I played almost 10 years, yeah, 10 years pro. My body was starting to give. I've had two hip replacements since and just, it's just you when you know you know. I'm, I'm sure it's similar to you know mm. with with teams. It's like yeah, I'm done. And and let me tell you, it's it's so much better to be able to to do it on your own terms when you know that you know than have them throw you out. So that was a blessing. So I I, I just uh, retired and uh, and went home to California. I just uh, married. No, I just got engaged to my wife. No, I just married Chris. Jeez, that. Um, she was a Laker girl, and then she was at USC, and and uh, uh, we bought a house in in Long Beach. We live in Long Beach, and uh, Greg, the same guy, calls yep. me and he says, "Look, he says I think you're supposed to be in the ministry." He's like, "Won't you pack up, bring your family, come to Austin, Texas, and uh, get in the ministry?" And I said, "Well, what does that pay?" He's like, "Nothing." You've had, you know what I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I can get nothing. Yeah. Um, he's like, you raise support and you'll learn what it means to be in the ministry. And I said, well, that's intriguing. And he said, but here's what's going to happen. He said, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get an offer that's greater than what I'm giving you right now. And it's not the right offer. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I said, okay, that's, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Dude. Sure enough. Oh my God. <laughs> Five, four or five days later, I get a call from my agent. Boston Bruins called. They want you to come and uh, interview for the color commentary job. They think you're our guy. I do a lot of TV stuff and fairly well-spoken. And they're like, we want you out here. And, and you know, I mean, it, 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 dream job. You're talking sports. You're talking about the game. You're with the boys. You're traveling. You're making good money. They're like, you're our guy. I'm like, you got to be kidding me exactly what he said would happen. And I looked at my wife and I said, what are we doing? You know, I told my parents, my parents like, you're crazy. What do you, you know, um, there's no choice. <laughs> there's one choice. Go do, yeah. do the color commentary, go, yeah. you know, go with the team. And, and we prayed and, uh, uh, and, and felt clear as could be that I was supposed to be in the ministry. Mm. Called my agent said, done. And, uh, 
literally Chris was finishing school at USC her senior year. I, I flew or drove to Austin, Texas to get in the ministry. Now, it, here's what's funny. Austin had just gotten a minor league team, but it, it was the, the it was like Slapshot. Have you ever seen Slapshot? Yes. It's the minors <laughs> of the minor. It is yeah. a ball. Terrible, yeah. terrible. I had just got done flying in, in private planes, playing in Buffalo and all over, you know, just... And and I, I go to Austin, and the coach, Blaine Stout, and uh, I don't know how he knew I was there, but found out I was there, and he's like, come play for our team. I'm like, really? I'm like, what? this is terrible hockey, mm. you know? He's like, you know, you'll be the exception player. You'll make $1,000 a, a week. Most guys are making like $250 a week and stuff. And, and I asked Greg, and he's like, well, you know, you can do both right now. And I'm like, well, what the heck? I'll just play this this league and uh and do the ministry stuff dude it was the most bootleg thing we're on 12 hour bus rides and uh 12 hour bus rides and these guys this is they're all 20 years old i'm 30 i'm at the end of my career i, I don't freaking care anymore yeah. you know we'd be we'd be in the locker room before the game and and i'd tell them stick but i'm like oh give me a hot dog and it's pre-game and and we're getting ready to go out and i'm just pounding a hot dog and guys are what are you doing what are you we got a game to play i'm like this is what we do in the show you know they would say i'm never not even close i used to take a snickers bar and i'd stick it down on my pads for during the game yeah and it just it's just total foolishness so we're playing in belton one time you know belton outside of austin texas about an hour playing the belton bulls and uh and we're getting ready and, and and they're singing the national anthem they sing the national anthem. I'm standing on the blue line. I turn around, and there's this bull head and this bull, full garb, and he's in the crease, the goalie crease, and he's banging his stick. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I'm like, this is such bootleg. I'm telling in a split second in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to knock the hell out of this this mascot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, you know, at Disney, you know, you go to Disneyland, how, how, yeah much do you just want to punch mickey you know right. just drop one of those guys every guy want uh, you know every guy with his worth his salt wants to knock out one of those characters yeah i'm like i'm not a disneyland so i'm not going to get arrested i'm with five thousand drunk cowboys what the hell this is the best scenario ever i just i dart for the uh for the crease he's there i cross check him he lands on his heads on sideways and I just start feeding them. The place goes nuts and they're throwing things at me and, and yelling and the game hasn't even started. Bull's head sideways and I'm beating the shit out of a bull of some poor kid who weighs 140 pounds in a bull suit. The ref comes over. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I get the bull out of my crease. Get him out of here. He's like, I don't know what to do. Do I give you a penalty? Do I kick you out of the game? I've never seen this before. I'm like, just get the bull off the ice and let me play hockey. It was the most bootleg of leagues and you could just do whatever you want. And it was, so I beat the hell out of the bull. So it, uh, I bet the guys on your team were just oh, like, my it. man. Absolutely. <laughs> They're like, you're out of your mind. What are you doing? He's like, this is what we do in the show. Come on. Don't you guys know that? Nice. You know? So so that was the transition. I did that a little bit. And then I just got in the ministry and and uh, started planting churches and and working with uh, professional and college athletes and and kind of talking about the same journey that that I've been on, you know, and, and where I met you through all that mm-hmm. and some of the stuff you're going through. And and uh, gosh, it was Austin for nine years, moved back to California. I was at your house in Austin. Ago. Oh, we're, yep. I don't remember that. Yep. I was Jeez. at your house. It was, a, it was a big old house, too. You guys the had one, a, the big one story with the light overlook. It, yeah. It was Texas. You can, that was a 5,000 square feet. And that was a lot of house. Acres. <laughs> and, and here's me, you know, San Diego dude. Yeah. I'm out there. <laughs> You're like, what? I think it was a hundred bucks, though. So it didn't matter. Right. You know, <laughs> in Texas, it was unbelievable. So. 
but I uh, was there for nine years and moved back to California, been here for about 17 years and doing church. And then I've just kind of slowly trans- transitioned into leadership and, and working with corporations and working with individuals and doing uh, speaking and, and doing Yeah. Leadership. So you're doing a lot of leadership yes. by, and coaching, yep. uh, coaching in the area of leadership for, uh, for, um, I saw on your, on your bio for some litigation firms yep. and for, uh, and, and some other, just different companies that different hire companies that, that just want you to come in and just help kind of like just, yeah. Just kind of uh, set some perspective for their folks. Absolutely. This summer, I went in, worked with uh, Boise State football coaching staff. Talked about how do you how do you lead young men? How do you mm. shape young men? How do you impact young men? And in my philosophy, in 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 what I train on in business, and is there's there's three. It's a three legged stool, um, and it's 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 culture, it's communication, it's the bus. And and what I, I teach on is if you can have those three, you're going to be successful in mm-hmm. business. And uh, the bus is is Jim Collins, you know, good to great. Get the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. If you get the right people on the bus and you know how to communicate to them clearly and they know their expectations and what you want from them, mm-hmm. okay, if you do that and you have a culture where you value people and you really listen to people and you build people up, you'll have a cup of coffee with somebody. You do those three things, you'll have a successful company. You'll do well. Yeah. So I just train on that. And your church? Church, Pacific Point. Yeah, I've got this great little church. We're next to a brewery and a nightclub. So it's it's wonderful. We've had people stumble in. <laughs> We've seen needles on the ground. We've seen, you know, it, uh, it, it it's a perfect place, right where Jesus would be, right in the bar, right in the middle of the thing. I love uh, it. Great, great little church. We started right before COVID, and we're meeting outside with 12 people and just started to found a building. Now we're back and just kind of growing and doing what I feel like God's called us to do, uh, bringing hope. There's a lot of hopelessness, training yes. young men to be men, to stand, take a stand for truth and do what God has called us to yeah. do. How can people find you? Uh, they can find me at PacificPointChurch.com or uh, jblueppc at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, I would love to be able to, I'm, I'm right in the middle now. We're building a platform for my speaking stuff. So I Good. haven't finished that yet. Uh, you can go to consult 39. It's not done yet, but that's, that's what we're working with and starting to build that. Consult39.com. Uh, consult yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so good. So we can go check that out and then, uh, we got to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. And, love uh, it. and, and, um, um, let me know when you have that that uh uh you're speaking stuff up on point yeah. uh, get it out. so then uh so we can have people get there uh social media you have uh that, i'm building all that now so that's i'd never done any of that stuff i'm like what and they're like you gotta do this you gotta have a presence here and here so that's where we're at right now so. yeah and it's been okay. fun having you. you it's been great catching up we haven't yes. had a conversation like know. this in a long a time it's been a while it's been and good. uh i mean the last time i think we actually really got to sit down and talk was at uh, jimmy may's retirement oh yeah yeah and uh yeah. you know we there we had, we had a couple of beers and had a great time. The, the girls were Greg there. Huntington. And Greg Huntington. Oh, oh my God. dude. We talk about Greg Huntington. Oh, oh man. That's a, whole other, that's a whole show. Oh, that is a whole show. <laughs> talk about that dude. And I'd have I him here, it. but I don't think he'd fit in this room. Oh, he's a big man. He is a huge human. Yes. This dude is like, you see this guy and you're like, and the big smile. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this guy. Oh, he's big, he's dumb offensive lineman. Yeah, for like the Steelers, for the Steelers, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's not here. He's not here. Jacksonville, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he went to Penn. He's a real smart guy. He's yeah, oh he's yeah. Legit. 
Yeah, Definitely. he's doing big stuff now, and man, he's just a Paul Grassmanis. Yes, just talked to Grass. Did yep. you? Yep, just talked to him last week. Oh man, I got, yeah. I got, I got to hit him up. We'll You'll take, we'll that, take a, man. we'll take a picture. We'll send it off to Grass. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, Adam, you still touch yep. with Adam, Adam at all? Or not, a, not as much, but yeah, he's got a great church in New Jersey, doing well. Oh, that's so, so good. I haven't yeah. talked to him in a while. That's some dude. great relationships that yeah. we had there. Yeah, that's a fit man right oh, there. He's, he's like, I have a cheat hour. I'm like you. Those guys have a cheat day. I have a yeah. cheat hour. Yeah. I was like, tell me about your cheat hour. He's like, Stupid. He's like Cinnabon, yeah. Baskin Robbins, everything. A one Rusty, hour one of hour. pure pound. He goes and is like, come out of that feeling like feeling. <laughs> I feel hilarious. I feel greasy coming out of my one hour, That's but hilarious. then I'm back in it. That's a discipline, man. It is. It is. But, man, it's been Thank fun. You. Yeah. Thanks Enjoyed for being it. here. Yeah. It's been awesome. All right, Bram Radio. 